Wednesday, August 10th. Welcome to the Just Baseball Show. It is the mailbag. That's Arm Laden. I'm Peter Apple. We have a bunch of phenomenal questions that were asked on our Twitter at Just BB Media and on our Instagram at Just Baseball Show. Remember, we do this every two weeks. Make sure you get your questions in when we post that normally on Tuesday. Arm, before we get into the questions, we have some news that's kind of unfortunate. Definitely unfortunate for the Boston Red Sox. Not as unfortunate for other teams who are going to go up against them, but definitely for the entire league, it's not good. Chris Sale now out for the season after falling off his bike, broke his wrist. What's your first reaction, I guess? I, this guy's cursed. It's yeah. it's crazy. I mean, I really feel for Chris Sale because I, I, you'd imagine he's worked his butt off to get back from you know, multiple injuries. And then of course on the mound, then messes the finger up and you could see the defeat when he broke his finger. He's just like, I don't know, you know, what, what to do. Like, this is ridiculous. You could just see how, how defeated he felt. And then I can't imagine how he felt after, you know, finding out that he broke his wrist off the bike. I mean, to just lose another year uh, for a guy that, you know, was kind of on a hall of fame track. If he had last year and a good year this year, and you figure out a few more years in the tank, uh, it, it definitely hurts. And the Red Sox, I mean, look, we talked about how they've been a disappointment. I know you mentioned that uh, in yesterday's episode, and, and we've talked about that a, a bunch. If they had any chance to survive this year, it was with it kind of hinged on Chris Sale coming back at some point. And uh, I think that's kind of the final nail in the coffin. It's pretty sad because uh, he's fun to watch when he can pitch. You know, he's fun to watch when he's out there. And uh, unfortunately, we won't see him until next year. Chris Sale led the league in innings back in 2017 in his first year with Boston. 2018, he throws 158 innings, puts up a 2-1-1 ERA. 2019 happens, 147 innings. He's got a 4-4-0 ERA. 2021, he throws 42 innings. This year, he's only thrown a total of five and two-thirds. Not one start. 12 years now in the league. I'm not saying this is the beginning of the end, but we are looking at a guy who is already getting up there in age. And I think to myself, he's a seven time all-star. How many more Chris sale years are we even going to have? And remember they signed him to a pretty extensive extension, extensive extension, (laughs) both of those words. Yeah. And now it just looks kind of bleak. And the Red Sox, I mean, this was the nail in the coffin, right? I think you said that. This is the nail in the coffin now because starting pitching was the issue. I mean, the offense, it goes through ups and downs. You still got Devers, still got Bogart, still got JD, or whatever Verdugo, I guess, can give you. But starting pitching in the bullpen, and when you don't have Chris Sale, you just, the Orioles are going to finish above them, and they're most likely going to finish in last place. and also, yeah, in the Orioles look good. <laughs> they just had they a nice win. That was a fun game to watch. I loved the energy. They remind me so much of the Mariners, by the way, um, just how fired up 
they were in Baltimore with that win. You could see the energy from like Rugnet Odor at second base, you know, just getting pumped up with the youngsters. But uh, to, to wrap a bow on the on the Chris Sale thing, you know, he's going to be 34 at the start of next year. Uh, you'd hope that you know, he'll be able to to come back healthy, given that you know these injuries, rib cage, uh, finger, wrist. They're not arm related. So the arm will be rested. But of course, you still need the rest of your body to pitch. And uh, obviously, the rest of his body is taking a bit of a beating. Um, I, I do wonder how he broke his wrist on a bike. Uh, I, I'm picturing something kind of like you know, President Biden. Uh, that that clip of him falling off, which we can laugh at now because he was fine. But <laughs> that, that video made me laugh so hard. That I'm picturing video. something like that from Chris Sale where he just like, He's got long legs and shit. Maybe he got like tied up and just fell right on the wrist. I don't know. It's amazing that that President Biden fell at like 70, whatever he is, and didn't break a wrist. And Chris Sale breaks a wrist like that's crazy. Was it was he going fast? Like what was happening? I don't know if we're going to get details on it, but um, pretty wild. Speaking of his former team, the Chicago White Sox, this came out on Reddit and there was a user called the the real Pete Wheeler. He came out with something. The 2022 White Sox have now injured every possible anatomical region of the human body. And I quote, (laughs) some may remember this post from three weeks ago. So check that out on Reddit in which it was established that the 2022 White Sox have been injured in nearly every region of the human body over the past 365 days, with the sole exception of the left hand and wrist. With Tim Anderson now having torn a ligament in his left hand, he's going to be out six to eight weeks, unfortunately, for the White Sox. They have now injured every possible anatomical region of the human body over the last calendar year. Oh, my dear Lord. Like, is that, that can, like, includes, like, eyeball? Like, I, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. That's just, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah. Every, yeah. What does that include? That is also very interesting. I mean, but regardless, I, that is insane. Maybe they're just saying like the head, like the whole head. Yes. Like concussion maybe is yeah. probably involved. Concussion is the whole head. Yeah. Like, but dude, like, I, I don't know. Is it bad luck? Is it training staff? Is it both? I mean, they were telling, they, we, we talked about this on the, on the JB show earlier in the year when Tony LaRusso came out and said, uh, yeah, our trainers are telling our guys like not to bust it down the line. Um, like, you know, if, if, if they don't need to run it out, like just jog, they were told not to sprint at a hundred percent to prevent injury. And, uh, obviously that still isn't really working. Um, I, I just, some teams, man, you wonder what they're doing. Cause most of these guys have their own routine. It's not like a college weight program where you can attribute, you know, something to the program and, and what they're putting their players through. Like these guys do their own thing. It is pretty wild to, to see certain teams just so decimated by injury. I think it has to be part training. If you remember the Yankees were dealing with injuries, it seemed like every 15 minutes, you know, a couple of years ago, and then they revamped their entire training staff, brought in Matt Blake uh, to revamp the pitching staff as well as the new pitching coach for the Yankees. And since then, they haven't been dealing with the same amount of injuries as in prior years. And those guys have only gotten older. Of course, Stanton has been on the shelf and there's some injuries that you just can't control. I mean, sometimes guys just get injured. You could have the best training staff in the world and it doesn't matter over 162. But I think that team has to take a good hard look at that because when you read that 
There's no way that's just luck. Every yeah. part anatomically. Yeah. That just doesn't even make sense. Reading <laughs> that didn't make sense when Elijah sent that. Also, shout out you, Elijah. And um, who's running great Twitter, doing a bunch of stuff here for just baseball. He sent that in. I almost didn't believe it. Yeah. No, you're like, what's what's what, like this has to just be a joke. Like, uh, but it's it's really sad because the, the White Sox could be a lot better. I think all obviously also has to do with just like throwing guys in the outfield that probably have no business being out there, like Eloy Jimenez yeah. and Andrew Vaughn, yep. who have had multiple injuries of their own. Both guys should probably be DH and first base, respectively. So uh, that doesn't help either. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Reddit Reddit is a good place to to get some fun facts like that for sure. Also, another fun fact: Nico Horner higher F war this season than Juan Soto. Cubs should have traded him for for the same package. <laughs> that is crazy though. That does show you how much bad defense can hamper your F war. And and yeah, he has been Soto's been trash. And and I do think that that's because of the fact that he was just in Washington where. He, he was probably tired of balls getting hit over his head. And like, <laughs> it's just like pure effort at that point, right? I'm sure the defense will be better because he did work hard to improve it. I think he was just checked out in right field. I can't imagine how annoying it was when Patrick Corbin gives up 10 runs and you're just standing there like you want him to lay out in the gap down eight. Like, it's just not worth it. It's just he, not worth it. He also made a really good play uh, up against the wall in Monday's game against yeah. the Giants, smacked up against the wall, too. So I think your point is so, so right. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're down four, down seven. It's the bottom of the seventh inning and seven to zero. And it's like. I could dive out for that, or I'm about to get traded or sign the biggest contract in MLB history. How about I not? Yeah, I'll just I'll just catch it on a hop. Oh, minus I'll take, minus one out above average there. Like, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it for an extra forty million dollars a year from now. Let's get into the questions, Arm, because we have a ton of good ones. This is a great first one. What team do you think will have the best starting rotation in three years? Asked by at burner underscore Phillips. And just a reminder, if you want to have your questions answered, make sure you're following us on Twitter at just BB media. That's in our episode description. And we'll be doing these every Wednesday, but posted on Tuesday to get your questions in on our Twitter. I have my answer to this question, but it's kind of a cop out. Do you want me to give mine or do you want, you want yours first? Um, you, you give yours. Cause if it's the one that I think it is, I can color in on the prospect side a little bit more. Cause I think there's a few guys that'll be up in a few years, but then we can, we can pivot to some other, to some other options as well. I'm going to be lame here. I think the best rotation in three years is going to be the Los Angeles Dodgers. No, it's not lame. It's correct. I mean, yeah. What is it wrong? I mean, Julio Arias is 25. Bueller is still 28. Gonsolin is still 28. Kershaw will most likely have either moved on or retired. Still pitching maybe. I mean, with the back, you know, he was already considering some of those moves into retirement at the end of last season in three years. Where will he be? might not matter. I know the top pitching prospect in the Dodgers system is Bobby Miller, and you're going to come out with your top 100 updates soon, and he's certainly going to be in it. Fill in the gaps for me. Yeah, and then, of course, you have Dustin May. That's going to come back very soon. Yeah, so like that's insane. And then one of my favorite pitching prospects in baseball, you were talking to me before, we we were kind of talking about some surprise, you know, like risers and where we might be higher on guys than than others. Uh, Gavin Stone, He's starting to get that helium. 
But I mean, we're going to have Gavin Stone probably in the top 50. It's a guy that's 23, putting up video game numbers in double A right now. He'll be up in three years, and I think he could be a legit. He'll be up by next year. I think he could be a legit, legit, you know, middle of the rotation, maybe even number two type of starter. So that on top of Julio Arias, who may not even be in his prime yet, a healthy Walker Buehler, Dustin May, who you know we saw what he was in the midst of before he got hurt. It would be incorrect to give you any other one. It's lame because it's true, but we could definitely cite some some other teams and some honorable mentions as well. But I mean, it's just a fact here. This this team is just silly loaded with arms. It's it's and, ridiculous. And not to mention, there will be more pitchers in oh, the yeah. rotation that are not currently on Ryan their Pepeo team right could now. Figure it out. Ryan Pepio could still figure it out. Like that's a guy that's put up some really good numbers at points and has looked really good. Their first rounder Maddox Bruns could be up in three years. Like there's still other guys, like you said, that could really, you know, break out and be lights out starters too what about on the trade that you were talking about the dude with long levers and extensions in the blue jays trade nick <laughs> frosso they'll probably turn him into some yes. sort of freak and not even to mention the guys that they're going to sign for probably 400 million dollars whenever they want to yeah no, it's a no-brainer now, i love frosso too so yes that's another guy uh that easily could pour some taught it. who are some honorable mentions because the some of the guys that came to my mind is the way the guardians are able to develop pitching yeah but you know, Bieber is going to be, I think, around 30, 31 in three years, right? Isn't he around 27, 28 years old? I think then so, you, somewhere around. Then there. you have guys like Tristan McKenzie, who's a bit younger, but Daniel Espino seems to be one of the guys who's one of the best pitching prospects in baseball. My guy, Cal Quantrill, I'm throwing him in there. He's 27 years old. He's going to be a grizzled 30-year-old that he's probably going to be shoving still. But there's so many other names, too, that they're probably going to develop and draft. They're not the sexiest name. But I do think that they will be up there. That was my number two, brother, because I I, I look at what McKenzie's done this year. Right. And McKenzie seems to be making that leap, which is obviously huge. Shane Bieber is adjusted to still be able to get outs at a pretty high level, despite not throwing 95 uh, as, as much as he used to. Quantrill, still a very solid arm to have in the rotation in the back end or as a number one, uh, depending on who you ask. Uh, But and then no, you talk about the prospects. Daniel Espino has ace upside. Gavin Williams, ace upside. Both of those guys will be up within the next year. Uh, Then they have Logan Allen, who's going to be a top 100 prospect for us. Left-handed pitching prospects. He's already in AAA. Um, Tanner Burns is disgusting. Like they've got six or seven arms that all could end up being exciting, you know, big league type of starters. And I, I think with what they already have up there, they're a no-brainer option. Um, I, I got to throw one of the few times I can actually spew some positivity on, on my Marlins. I think you got to have the Marlins in that equation. Of course, largely hinges on whether they keep Pablo or not. But I think there's a scenario where they keep Pablo. And if they do, um, you have Sandy Alcantara, who we have a question about him later, is, is very clearly uh, right now pitching at the highest level in baseball. But I think you could say top five pitcher in baseball with with relative ease. Pablo is phenomenal. You hope Max Meyer will obviously be back in three years from Tommy John surgery and, and be feeling pretty good. Yuri Perez is a top three pitching prospect in baseball. Uh, Jake Eater was looking like one of the better lefties. Who knows what's up with six toe Edward Cabrera. Man, I was just in Chicago. That guy was dynamite. If he can stay healthy, that's a number two type of starter. We know the Marlins have built that depth. So uh, that's one that I think, you know, if everything goes right, they could be in that conversation too. But we also know that, of course, things aren't all going to go right for them. 
you know who else was dynamite? I mean, Jesus Cesaro looked great in his, uh, yes, in his, shit, in his return man, back too. I mean, you can just continue to go down. I just hope that the Marlins figure it out. I mean, they got all the talent in the world, right? Oh my God, Lizardo is dynamite. Lizardo is dynamite. He looks so good. I, I'm sure they'll find a way to fuck it up though. They'll find a way. Let's get to the next question because it does concern those Guardians. Number two, should the Guardians make a run at Sean Murphy slash what is the timeline for Bo Naylor? Asked by CWM Rights on Twitter, our guy Chris Manning. Appreciate yeah. you, Chris. I want to answer quickly the Sean Murphy one, and then I want to ask you about Bo Naylor. Sure. Fuck yeah, Chris. <laughs> like, no shit, they should make a run. Are you kidding me? He's perfect. He's got years of control. He's one of the better defensive catchers in baseball, and of course he'd hit leaving Oakland in front of 85 people who watch their games. You get him in a playoff race. He'd be phenomenal over there. I love Austin Hedges as a receiver of the baseball. <laughs> yeah. He's but a great backup. Outside of that, agreed. He's a great backup. But Sean Murphy would fit in so well, Chris, and you know it, I know it, everyone in Cleveland knows it. But guess what, Chris? You know they're not going to do it. You know they're not going to do it because they don't want to get rid of any of their prospects. Why wouldn't they do it at the deadline? Possibly they do it, but maybe Bo Naylor's the answer arm. Yeah, I, I love Bo Naylor. I really do. But, you know, that's a guy that maybe you could stick somewhere else. Uh, you know, the, I, I don't know. I don't know how he projects long term behind the dish. Uh, he's been better at limiting the run game this year. So that might be part of the reason that they waited here. Right. Is Bo Naylor has been swinging it so well. Uh, 22 years old, already putting up good numbers in triple A. Maybe they said, hey, let's wait here. Because if Naylor looks like he can be an option for us at the big league level, should we give up the house for Sean Murphy? Uh, or should we you know, maybe put, put our pro- package of prospects together for a different controllable young player? Because I would love Murphy with them. I would absolutely love Murphy with them. He helps their offense. He's obviously a phenomenal defensive catcher and has years of control and all the things you just said. But Naylor continues to look better and better and better. And every time I think he's going to slow down, he doesn't. So if they really believe in Naylor, and again, he continues to get better at controlling the run game. I can't speak to the framing, obviously. I haven't watched you know him catch full games, but I, I would I would say that maybe they say, mm, let's shift elsewhere and, and maybe look to make a big splash some, somewhere else. That said, please make a freaking splash, Guardians. Please. please Why please, wouldn't please. you? But the timeline on Naylor, I think we can see him in September. Um, really? To answer that part of the question. And I think we will because... They want to know what they have here. And mm-hmm. you have a month and change to find out what you've got with Bone Aylor and then decide what you want to do in the offseason. If that's the reason why they waited on Murphy and not because they're cowards and uh, don't want to go all in, <laughs> then I can have a little bit more you know, patience with that. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I'm still, still disappointed that they didn't make other moves. But yeah, I think they absolutely should. But at the same time, I could see them shifting elsewhere. Yeah, to your point, the Bone Aylor excuse in quotes for all those watching on YouTube. That's fine. If that's what you do. And then you make this splash for the catcher in the off season. Maybe if Bo Naylor for some reason doesn't work out or you don't think he's quite ready yet, or you use him in that package to go get a Sean Murphy. 
But that doesn't excuse you from not doing anything else when you're right in the middle of the hunt mm-hmm. with a Twins team that we know hasn't truly proved it. Do we believe that they're the best team in the division now? Yeah, they did enough moves and they're probably going to win the division and they should win the division. But in the playoffs, like, will they really be the team to make noise? More likely than no, not. Guardians of all the arms in the world. You have Jose Ramirez, who you're just wasting as one of the best overall players in the sport. It, the Guardians infuriate me. They infuriate me. <laughs> they really do. Because I, 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 Cleveland is a great fan base, a great sports town. They exactly. deserve more. Um, and and hopefully they they get more. I, the only the only benefit of the doubt they get is maybe they wanted to see what they have here down the stretch. But they could have made some small moves for you know some some rentals that could help them over the the stretch here. But is what it is. Let's move to another team that uh, infuriates you. Yeah. Number three. Why isn't Sandy Alcantara getting more love for the NL MVP? Asked by Kazim the Dream Six on Twitter. And remember, all the tags are in our episode description. Okay, let's quickly just go over where he is on odds. And I think this is a good kind of segue to just talk about the current MVP race as it stands today. Yep. Sandy Alcantara sits right at the same odds. As CJ Crone and Dansby Swanson. Yeah, that's yeah. that seems criminal because he deserves to be higher. Mm-hmm. For example, I think he should be higher than Kyle Schwarber at plus 10,000. Oh, yeah. I think he should be higher than Frankie Lindor at plus 6,600. How many players are ahead of him? We have, I'll just go through them Dansby, Crone, Matt Olson, Kyle Schwarber, Francisco Lindor, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts. Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonso, Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, Paul Goldschmidt. That was in order from bottom to top of the odds from, you know, worst to best in yeah, terms yeah. of like Favorite. Paul Goldschmidt is minus 140 compared to Austin Riley, who's second at plus 600. Yeah. So I honestly like because I was I was going into this question kind of expecting to just be like, yeah, you know, it, it's because the Marlins stink and, you know, he can only do so much. <laughs> he pitches every fifth day. I think Vern Ace to, to win the MVP, it's got to be one of those where he's leading one of the best teams in baseball and every fifth day is just pretty much racking Remember, up the it's wins. narrative. It's, it's, a lot of this is narrative-based. As based. much it's as people want to pretend. Player. And that doesn't mean that we agree that it's narrative-based, exactly. but it just is what it is. So, um, you know, I, I do think he deserves more love, though. I really do, because – uh, what he's doing this year from the standpoint of like complete games, from the standpoint of just going out there and eating innings uh, for a team that you remove Sandy Alcantara from the Marlins, the Marlins. I mean, I don't know how many of the starts that he's pitched that they've won, uh, but th- they're even worse. I mean, they're probably one of the one of the bottom five teams in baseball. If, if Sandy Alcantara is not on the Marlins, uh, he, he's got to get more love than he's getting. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to be putting up one of the more ridiculous seasons we've ever seen. And while it started that way, you got Justin Verlander in the AL doing something quite similar. 173 ERA, 130 innings versus Sandy's 158. Uh, but I mean, he's got him beaten ERA and also is doing it on a much better team. Justin Verlander might win 20 games this year. Um, I, I, I think. If if he was the only guy with the sub two ERA, you know, maybe I could I could say point towards that a little bit more. But Verlander's kind of matching a lot of what Sandy's doing right now uh, for again a team that is that is much better. Uh, but I think just being stashed on a sinking ship 
doesn't really help for any pitcher's MVP odds. Like there's, there's a very cool stat and I'm just pulling up the definition because I don't want to get it incorrect. Um, I know what it means, but I just, I'd rather read you the definition. So we both know what we're talking about. Win probability added is a sports. Yeah. yeah. It's a statistic. Let me look up the baseball definition because I'm looking at all. Yeah. WPA or win probability added quantifies the percent change in a team's chances of winning from one event to the other. For instance, a homer in one game is worth more than a home run in a blowout. Yep. Sandy Alcantara has a 4.39 win probability added. Max Freed is two at 347. Wow. Third is Verlander at 313. Corbin Burns, 287. McClanahan, 278. Martin Perez, 27. Uh, uh, 267, which is hilarious. It's very funny. He is a full point better than second place Max Free. That's how much he's meant to winning ball games okay. in crucial situations for a team like the Marlins. Like when we're looking at Justin Verlander's odds, He's also kind of lower. Like he's right now lower than Xander Bogarts, Kyle Tucker, Tim Anderson, whose odds are going to drop now that he's injured. Jose Altuve, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Rafael Devers, Jose Ramirez, Jordan Alvarez, Shohei Otani, and then Aaron Judge is the largest favorite at minus 450. If Justin Verlander is not higher on this list, I know with the win probability added stat, like Sandy has been better. And I think Sandy has been better over the full season. Like we don't care about wins loss. We care about what we're seeing on the field. And Sandy has been better on the field than Justin Verlander has. It's close, of course, but to that point, it's not like Justin Verlander is that high either. You have to be so above and beyond everybody else to be considered the MVP for pitchers. I mean, the only ones I can remember really Kershaw and Verlander in the past decade plus. So here, one last question for you on this, and it might be a silly one, but do you think that the lack of strikeouts has anything to do with it? Like, do, do they want to see a 300 strikeout? Because Sandy's just not that. Like, that's yeah. not what he does. That's why he goes deep into games. Like, is the fact that he's not racking up strikeouts at this insane level, is, do you do. think that works against him at all, too? I do, because that also, you know, applies into his FIP, into his ex-FIP, you know, XERA, all these different stats, too, that possibly you can look at. We like counting stats still. Like, the voters like counting stats. Like, that's always going to matter. And if you say, oh, he's got 300 Ks and he's doing this and this and this, like, it just adds to the narrative. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, that just might not be sexy enough for him. I totally agree. And it's funny because Sandy throws 98 with a disgusting breaking ball, you'd think that he'd have more strikeouts than he does, but he just challenges you in the zone. He's like, you can't beat me. I think he could if he wanted to. I agree. I I think he'd rather you roll over on the first pitch. That's not his job. Nine innings. (laughs) That's not his job. He's got, he's got the ghost of Zach pop behind him. Yeah. (laughs) Like he's got the ghost of Zach pop. He's got to go eight. He's got, he's literally got to go the distance. This question is impossible. I love it. It's my, one of my favorite questions we've had in a long time, I think. Whose trio is better when healthy? The Dodgers with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner, or the Padres with Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, and Juan Soto? This was asked by Joshua D. Landis on Twitter. What a fucking question. <laughs> I love it. It's one of my favorite there questions. There is no wrong answer yeah. here. 
And I did a little bit more digging just into the numbers to kind of see where it stacks up. But this, I mean, throw the numbers out the window, especially because a guy like Fernando Tatis Jr. hasn't been healthy all year. We're going to assume that he's fully healthy. Yes. Like, who do you want? Those three Dodgers are in the top 15 in F4. Like, that's the reality of the situation. Freddie Freeman is fourth in baseball, at least on offense. Like, he's above Manny Machado. That's where these guys are. I would, uh, but, but, okay, this is really hard. Because by the numbers, you would probably say the Dodgers, and they're already all healthy. You know, Trey Turner, Fernando Tatis Jr., is Tatis Jr. more talented? Yes. Has Trey Turner performed almost as good as him? Also, yes. Yeah. You look at third base, first base, it's tougher. Third base, more premium position. But Freddie has been the better offensive player than Manny Machado has this year. Yeah. And if you're looking at previous years, probably still Freddie. Then you got the Mookie Betts versus Juan Soto debate. And I, what? I don't know. I, I would say Mookie Betts is a better all-around player than More Juan dynamic. Soto, but Juan yeah. Soto is probably a better hitter. What do you value? And you know what, Aram? I think Mookie Betts. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't love it, though. Crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's crazy because, like, so Mookie took that, that yeah, had that rough year last year, right? But obviously he's all the way back this year. And in the ways that he impacts the game, like I know that Soto is is one of the best hitters, you know, we've we've seen. But Mookie's so consistent now. I mean, really, aside from I think it was a lost year last year for our injuries, allergies, whatever the hell it was. 25 bombs. He's still in eight bags. He's probably the best right fielder uh in baseball. Could be and the best center fielder if you want if, if they wanted to put him there play second base even if you fucking need him to 146 wrc plus like i i i love what he brings to the game he's such a value on the base paths as well even if he's not just stealing bags the thing is is when tatis is healthy he's got best player in baseball upside yep so like that's i i think you can go mookie as an all-around player for your team more than soto i think tatis and turner Probably take Tatis. You take Tatis, even though Turner, you look at F war and things like he's probably second best shortstop in baseball after Tatis. Machado versus Freeman, you know, for what Freeman has done offensively this year, but Machado is also a fantastic a defender at the hot <laughs> corner. So it's like I think with what Freeman is doing right now, which is basically being the bet like the best version of, of Freddie Freeman we've ever really seen, which is crazy because Freddie Freeman has already been insane. Uh, you could maybe point towards the MVP season in 2020. I don't really count that. Um, so you look at 2022, this has been his best season ever in a lot of metrics. I think you gotta go with the Dodgers guys. I think you go with the Dodgers guys. The, the, the dynamic aspect of Mookie and Turner plus what is one of the best hitters in the game too. And Freddie Freeman, I think I, I think I go Dodgers guys, but man, Tatis and Soto, we're passing on Tatis and Soto. I know what the fuck that doesn't even make sense, but also like what, what position is Tatis <laughs> playing? I like, don't know. I, I'm hearing, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing reports of like, maybe the like outfield field? long term yeah. like, like that would change things 
I'm going to go with with the certainty. I'm going with the Dodgers trio, but don't get mad at me because I legitimately think it's the most impossible question to answer in the history of the world. Let's heat it up a little bit. Who's a better player in baseball than Mookie Betts, not named Shoei Otani? Dustin and I were having this conversation, <laughs> and he asked me this. <laughs> Dustin, Dustin's the Dodger in your fan. Ear. Yeah, Dustin's always in, in my ear. Just like, Mookie Betts is the yeah. best player on earth. It's like, I, and I thought to myself, well, Trout went healthy, but then he responded, well, you can't say Trout right now. Trout said, went okay. healthy, obviously, but you can't say that right now. And then I went quiet. Because I, I thought J-Ram, Soto. I, J-Ram, J-Ram's got a case. Better than Mookie? J-Ram's nuts, man. I, Mookie's beyond what he brings on the field to the clubhouse. Oh, uh, I can't. Leadership. The championship mentality, nothing you're going to see on the stat sheet, but then everything on the stat sheet is red. I, I think Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball, not named Shohei Otani. I do. J-Ram's J- got, he's got him beat in F4, but he's also played 13 more games. If if Boots, if Betts Boots, if Betts played 13 more games, he would have he'd surpass him in the F4 department. Switch hitter, steals more bags. Doesn't hit as many home runs. Like that, yeah. I, I think when Mookie is at his peak, he is you could make the case. Like your argument is sound here. I right. I agree. I agree with with what you're trying to say here. Um I think Devers is scary, like getting in that department too. When he's not the defender these guys are, because also J Ram's such a great defender. Mookie's the one of the best defensive outfielders that we've seen in our lifetime. I think, yeah, I think with what with what Mookie's kind of bounced back and showed this year. It's funny because that's a guy whose cards, like I was thinking about it. If if I luck into some more money, what would be like a big splash that I would make? Um, I think Mookie would be the big splash uh, because his cards still don't go for the same of like a Mike Trout. And I think he could be there, you know, in a few years. Again, I think people forget how young Mookie Betts is, too. He, he's still just 29 years old. It feels like he's been around forever. Um, he's still got a lot more years of putting up really good seasons. Mookie Betts is the Derek Jeter of our generation, but he's better. In what way is he the Derek Jeter? I think the universally loved player, the if smile. If he stuck with Boston, I'd be in. Yeah, been in, the, been in the limelight. Now, I guess you're right because Jeter played 20 years with the same team, so not in that kind of sense. But I don't think that we have like a Derek Jeter. No one has Jeter. a negative, thing, no to one has a negative thing to say about Jeter. I mean, you could be like, oh, defensive run save, debate a wall, shut up. Whatever. Derek Jeter is one of the better shortstops ever, wherever you want to rank him. I don't really care. Universally loved type player like that. The smile, championships, always in the limelight, phenomenal player. That's what I view Mookie as. I mean, he's already a two-time champion. He's probably going to win more in his in his career. I mean, Jeter's at, what, five championships? I could see Mookie having five championships, being a first ballot Hall of Famer, yep. maybe approaching 3,000 hits. Like, that's what I look at as a Mookie Betts. But Mookie Betts did everything offensively that Jeter could do, and he's one of the best defenders we've ever seen. Yeah, and I mean, he's, he's going to have – he's going to hit probably – 400 homers he has a chance to probably closer to 350 he's gonna steal probably over 200 bags uh, yeah he's gonna he's gonna have one of those careers where he checks every single box um it's pretty freaking awesome pretty freaking awesome all right we just got heated or we didn't even get heated that was a no. phenomenal just kind of just hurt my thought brain. process yeah sure my brain i don't know who's better than mookie when he's right um <laughs> number five 
Who is a team that is hurt right now that when healthy can make a little bit of noise for the rest of the year? Asked by at Lil DJ 227 on Twitter. This is an interesting one. Yeah, I think we'll have um, different answers for this one too. I think we will have different answers for this one. And I've been saying this same team now for a while, and I don't really want to move off of them because I still think when Wander Franco comes back, right, that the Rays, when they get fully healthy, are going to make some noise here. I don't think they've been fully healthy basically all year. They just got Brandon Lau back. You know, when some of the pitchers come back to, you know, Springs has been hurt. I know he's been back, but just overall as a team, as a unit getting fully healthy, I do think that they're going to make some noise as we move into September and October. Who was another team that came to your mind that could make some noise when healthy? Well, actually, well, first I want to talk about that because I think it's really forgotten. Like I'm guilty of it too. overlooked how how banged up the Rays have been. Beyond just like, I mean, Brandon Lowell, this guy had 40 homers last year. Like this guy yeah. was one of the best second baseman in the game and also was one of the more productive hitters. Wander Franco was was playing at one of the highest levels we've seen of a shortstop in the game. And like that is a huge loss. You talk about like Shane Boz being out of the equation here. Uh, the relievers that they've they've had banged up. But yeah, if this team is healthy, they are they are still the freaking Rays, right? They still, still basically the have all of the pieces that they had. That is a team that's been way more banged up than I think people really um, would give them credit for. Even Kevin Kiermaier, like they go get, get Jose Siri, but like they, they've had to piece it together in the outfield without some of their their typical guys as well. Funny enough, the Phillies have been playing great baseball. You know, obviously they're nine and one in their last ten, and that's without Bryce Harper. That's yeah. without the MVP. Um, now they're finally getting a little bit more out of some of their other guys. Gene Segura just now coming back. I mean, that's one of the guys that I think is one of the more overlooked consistent hitters in baseball. I mean, yeah. he's he's a career just almost every single year is going to give you above average offense and just not strike out and put the ball in play and give you three to four F war. I think he had one six F war season. That's a guy that's going to help them big time versus what they were getting before. And then if they get Bryce Harper back and healthy, they're going to make some noise because I like what we're seeing from Hoskins. Now he is taking his game to the next level. Schwarber's got 34 pumps. Real Muto has been playing much more like JT real Muto of late. And I mean, you look at, at what they're getting now from Castellanos. He's finally looking like he's a hitter again. You had an MVP to that team. They're in business. I can't believe what the Phillies are doing right now. Let's, switch over to another question because it's kind of similar, but asked by a different person. And I had to put them back to back. What playoff contending team is the most fragile? Mm -hmm. One injury to a key player really hurts their chances of competing. And when I thought about this question, starting pitching wins championships. And who is a starting pitcher loss away from really not being that relevant in a playoff race. And I came to two teams. I got two. The Toronto Blue Jays. Correct. And the Minnesota Twins. Ooh, okay. I got I got my second one that's different. Perfect. But because, you might not even consider them contenders. <laughs> oh, that, that could be true. With the Minnesota Twins, they are, I mean, it's Tyler Malley. It's Sonny Gray. 
you know, it's Chris Archer, it's Dylan Bundy. Am I forgetting anyone off the top of my head? Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan. That's not a trio. I would say with Ryan Bun or Ryan Gray and Mally. If one of them is to go down, they ain't doing nothing. I don't really think that they're going to do a crazy amount with them, but at least that gives you a trio where you have a chance to win against anybody. Cause those yeah. three, if they give you good starts are good starts. And with the offense, like you have a chance to win I, the Toronto blue Jays. If Manoa or Gosman goes down, the offense will not be able to hit enough with Kikuchi no. being so inconsistent one, with Barrios being so inconsistent. That's the clear one. We probably both had who was the other team that you wanted to throw in there. The, the Jays are toast. If, if Alec Manoa goes down, they're absolute toast. I was looking at the Milwaukee Brewers, and, and I know they're fading quickly, but if Corbin Burns gets hurt, yeah, it's over. they're toast, <laughs> man. I look, I know I like some of their other arms. Don't get me wrong, but they need a, a Cy Young caliber starter at the top of their rotation for them to be successful. That's what they're built on. And now that they traded Josh Hader away, now that we're seeing them scuffle a little bit, I imagine the Brewers without Corbin Burns, I'd basically write them off. I wouldn't even pay attention to them that much anymore. I agree. Is there any other team like offensively? When I was thinking offense, like, you know, I mean, you said yourself, the Phillies lost Bryce Harper and they're nine and one in the past 10 games. I would have said the Phillies. I would have said the Phillies losing Bryce Harper. So I would have been wrong. Like I'm telling you, I would (laughs) have said that and been wrong. Clearly. That's why I feel like you have to evaluate the starting pitching because when you lose an offensive player, I mean, if the Yankees lost Aaron Judge, yes. it certainly wouldn't be good. Yeah. But I do still think that overall the team would still make the playoffs and they'd still be fine, that they'd be able to piece it together. They still have a bunch of other offensive weapons. That's why I looked at starting pitching. But is there any team, because the, you know the Astros lose Verlander and they're going to get McCullers Jr. back and then they still have a slew of guys. They'll be fine. The Dodgers doesn't even matter that they lost Walker. They're the best team in baseball. The Padres, if they were to lose Musgrove, they still have enough starting pitching to be okay. The Cardinals, if they were to lose Wainwright, that would really be tough. But now that they have Jamon and Quintana and Michaelis has been almost better than Wainwright has there. They didn't fall into that bucket for me. They have enough, enough, even Matt's too. They have enough depth there, even Palanti. And when Flaherty comes back. So those were really the three teams. I'm glad you threw the Brewers in. The reason I didn't throw the Brewers in is I'm like, I think the Phillies are going to might make the playoffs now instead of the Brewers. That's what I'm saying. Like are so embarrassing. One position player, I guess could be J rod to the Mariners who I know he's missed some time, but let's say he missed a prolonged amount of time that's their most dynamic player, right? Like, and it's not really necessarily close. Ty um, France. <laughs> Ty France is the dynamic, goat, but that's their first baseman. Right. So it's like I, Eugenio Suarez and Ty France have been the other two, you know, best hitters. Uh, it, it's a bit of a fall off from there. If, if they lost J rod for the rest of the season, I think they'd be in big trouble because of what he does for them in center. He stole 21 bags. He said 18 homers sitting for average. Now, like that's a guy that I think, if he missed a prolonged amount of time, they'd be in trouble. But uh, I, I think with the guys we mentioned, the teams we mentioned, that's th- those are the favorites. J-Rod is just Ronald Acuna Jr. 2.0. Yep. He's playing better than him now. Probably bigger. Yeah. Might be better. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe not. We're going to talk about the Braves in a little bit.
This is a great one. Before we get into our last question, where we're kind of talking top fives, but it's centered around the Braves, but it's going to open up a great conversation. But before we get to that, number seven, if you could have any player dead or alive on your podcast for a full hour and they had to tell the truth, who would it be and why? The way I thought about this question is had to tell the truth. Yeah, that was that was not, an important caveat. In this yes. not, not even caveat, like detail. Not just who's the greatest, but like I'd love to have Babe Ruth. I'd love to have Jackie Robinson. I'd love to have Will Willie Mays. I'd love to have Satchel Paige. Like, of course, I'd, I'd love to have all these guys. But you know the player that I came to, Arm? Who? I want Pete Rose to tell the truth. Oh, God. About, uh, about gambling? Just about everything that happened. Yeah, I mean, you can say gambling. You can say a lot of things. I just want to hear the truth. And like, are we allowed to just be very mean to him the whole time? <laughs> you know what? It's our podcast. I think we're going to interpret the question however we want. Like we get the truth out. I would want to talk to Pete Rose. Who would you want to talk to? So I have two. Okay. I want to talk to Shoeless Joe Jackson. Great one. And ask why the hell he threw a World Series. Like, I know they've talked about it a little bit, but I would love to just like to just really unpack the whole thing. Yes. And really hear the whole thing. Um, I'd love to know if Pete Rose actually bet, you know, for or against. I know they've they've done all those investigations, and that's one too. But I I would love to really just know all of the details of that scandal. Um, and really just get into his head there because I know Shoeless Joe was one of the guys who, who his numbers were great in the World Series. Um, other guys threw it more specifically. So why were Shoeless Joe's? Now he hit 375 in the World Series, but was part of the scandal. So like, I just want to hear more about that than a much lamer. Wait, one. Before, before you give it just a little bit of context about that, that was the 1919 Black Sox scandal, baseball scandal for any of our younger viewers who may yeah. not be aware of who Shoeless Joe Jackson is. The Black Sox scandal is the name given to the conspiracy conspiracy to fix the 1919 World Series played between the White Sox and the Reds. And a number of players on those White Sox teams conspired with gamblers to throw or intentionally lose games in which what is now known as most likely the biggest scandal in baseball history outside of like the steroids and even the sticky stuff. I think like, throwing the world series is like the, the basement of, of sport. Like that's the yes. worst thing anyone's ever like that just ruins everything. Like if that happened again, like I would, I couldn't tell you the disdain I would have for those players. Right. Like I like how we're going to get to this. It's not just, Oh, we'd love to have like Jackie Robinson on. Of course we would, but like, who do we really? No, I want to know. Like, it's it's yeah. more like were dinosaurs real? Like, they're like yes. there's things that like, obviously they were real, but like, what did they look like? <laughs> how they die? That's what that was like. How did dinosaurs die? Like, th- those are the questions I have. None of these baseball players can answer that. But on 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 a more current side of things, I would love to just talk to Alex Rodriguez about why the hell he took steroids. Because I was talking about this the other day. He was so fucking good. He could have been the best. We should be talking about Alex Rodriguez is one of the five best players ever, ever played the game and, and, and arguably the best shortstop ever. I, he was, he did everything. He could run, he could hit for average, he could hit for power. But he, this guy was unbelievable. And he basically just couldn't help but continue to inject roids into his arm. I would just love to know why he felt he like he had such a dependency on it because like 
what did he need that edge for? He was already so damn good. I know for Barry Bonds, it was like the, the pursuit of the home run title. And that's why he did it more down the stretch. Why did A-Rod do it from like the jump? You talk about biogenesis. I would love to know all of the details of how that happened, how young he started doing it, why he did it, because we've never gotten the truth from A-Rod on all that. And he still would have been one of the greatest to ever play, I think, if he never juiced. Uh, but Shoeless Joe takes takes the cake, no doubt. There's also one where it's not really in the scandal type. I would just love to hear about the Negro League. So if I could talk to Pop Lloyd or a guy like Satchel Page, just to not, that's more not in the tell the truth, to but to be the- able to hear from Josh Gibson or any of those type of guys, like what was going on there. Talent. Because more than likely, those guys were so far more talented than anything that we saw during that time period in Major League Baseball. There, there was a handful of guys that probably would have been some of the best players on in major league baseball, you know, and like that, that's the frustrating part. Uh, and I would love to just ask Satchel page how old he actually was yes. um, because no probably one 50. really knows legit, like pitched at Miami stadium, Miami Marlins stadium. It was like a minor league team at the time. I like 50 years old in front of a sold out crowd. It's one of the coolest things ever in the, in the 1950s. No one knew how old he actually was. Some think that he might've been 60 when he was pitching on that mound, like, and all he did was put tiger bomb on his arm. So like, that's a guy I would love to, to ask questions to also. I've thought about that from like a historical lens. Like one of the things I would love to know is, is how the dinosaurs went extinct, but on the baseball side, I would want to solve, use this opportunity to solve some of baseball's biggest mysteries. And I think Satchel Paige's age is one of them and Shoeless Joe and just all of the details of the black Sox scandal is another one. Shout out Kyle Taylor portraits on IG. Shohei's right behind me. He made that one phenomenal question. Transitioning from some of the greatest players in past history to some of the best players in current times. The last question. Do the Braves have a top five infielder at each position? If so, where would you rank that player at their position? Lastly, where is Max Freed ranked among starters? And that was asked by Jake Franklin on Twitter. This is an interesting one, Arm, and I kind of have a hot take, but I don't really know how hot of a take is it. I just, I think it might just be the answer here. Okay. I think they have one. Ooh. Okay. Let's see. You can make the argument for two on the corners. I think Austin Riley is a top five third baseman. Yes. Absolutely. When you have J Ram. It's just off the top of my head. I, you know what? Let me be a little bit better at this. I have the I have a list of third basemen in front of me. Let me let me tell you. I think third base. Arenado's got to be in there. Jose Ramirez's got to be in there. Manny Machado's got to be in there. Devers has got to be in there, and Austin Riley's got to be in there. That's your clean five. Yep, definitely. He's in the top five. I don't even know where to rank him. I have five. Two. It's fine. He's yeah. I don't know because he's <laughs> if he's if he continues on this on this track that he's on right now, uh, he might surpass him guys, but yeah, he's definitely in the top five. So Dansby Swanson is number one in F4, but like, I'm still going to have Tatis in my top five. I'm not kicking Tatis out because he's been injured this year. I'm still taking Trey Turner. Yeah. I think I'm still going to put Correa in my top five. Like, are we kicking yeah, him out now? Here's the thing. Okay, let's let's frame it like this. Yes. You can have a t- you can sign one player to a 10-year deal for free. Who are you signing? Carlos Correa or Dansby Swanson? 
Carlos Correa. Correct. So that, then there's your answer. I'd rather have Trey Turner. Like I said, I'd no probably doubt. rather have Francisco Lindor. Yep. Would you rather have Corey Seager? Yeah. I mean, I would. Yeah. I mean, Corey Seager's got a 3 5 war. It's not that far off. He's got 24 home runs. And also, I know he's hitting is, 250. This is a contract year for Swanson. He's been phenomenal. But yeah. Like, Seager's got a 124 WRC plus compared to Dansby at a 125. Yeah. I, and Seager's doing it in a worse lineup. Um, I, I, I would, I would say you could boot Swanson, though he's right on, right on the, you know, right on the fringes here. Olsen's got to be a top five first baseman, even with a down year this year, though, right? Probably. So here, here's what I was looking at for first base. I mean, Freddie, Paul Goldschmidt, Pete Alonso, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Those are the four. Do you count Luis Arise? Is he better than Matt Olson? Maybe not. This but year, yes. Maybe. I'm still, I still, I'm still regarding Matt Olson as a top five, yes, first baseman, right? So probably should. But like he's been down. Like what year. about Seth Brown? He's <laughs> <laughs> so like, looking at him like not far off in F war. Um, yeah, I I think that's even like what Josh Bell's done this year. But you're still, I think you still got to regard Matt Olson, yeah. as a top five. So. I would say, and then second base, dude. I'm I'm not considering Ozzy Albies. I know he's hurt, but even healthy, I'm not considering Ozzy Albies a top five second base. I, I, I'm I've always been lower on Albies. I think we all have. Um, and now with what Andres Jimenez is doing, I, I presume he's made a majority of his starts where at, at second this year. Yeah, he has. Um, Jimenez has got to be ahead of Albies, maybe at least very soon, if not already. Um, McNeil's Altuve, been much better. Edmund, McNeil, Lamette. Gavin Lux is fucking awesome. If Jazz Chisholm was healthy, I think I, I'd take him over Ozzy Albies. You could say Semyon. Yeah, I I, I would for sure. John Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> 1.9 F4 in 58 games, by the way. Um, which is Here's great. an interesting one. Would you rather have Glaber or Ozzy Albies? Glaber. Labor. The thing is with Ozzy Albies is it's the extra base hits, right? It's the home runs, it's the doubles and the speed. And there's sexy counting numbers. But when we look at a bigger sample, and he is a really good defender, like uh, we're, we kind of just threw a lot of guys. And I bet Braves fans are listening to this being like, he's not better. He's not better. He's not better than all you guys named. Like Jeff McNeil is not better. He hasn't performed, but it's like Jeff McNeil has performed better this year. And it's like, yeah, he's hitting three or four, and he's just been such a good defender over there at second. He's so much more versatile too. Ozzy Albi shouldn't be a switch hitter. So if you if you give me the switch hitter argument, I think he shouldn't be. Yeah, no, that doesn't hit help. from one side. So Ozzy Albi's is in that conversation in the he top was ninth ten, but he's not top last five. Year. He was ninth in F four last year. That's all we have to say. He hit thirty pumps, like he won twenty twenty, sure, but. He still only finished with a 310 on base percentage. You know, like uh, I, I I would still take several guys over him. Uh, I'm sorry. So, but that, that all that to say, like it's the Braves have as much depth as anybody. They're great at every, they're above average at basically every position. Um, Dansby, you could make the case at the end of the year that he's a top five guy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset 
with anybody saying that after the what Dansby did this year, he's a top five shortstop. I think he needs to do more than do it in one contract year to surpass most of the other shortstops that are so proven. But at the same time, I mean, like they're they're loaded at every spot. Um, and I'll take Olsen and I'll take Riley as top five guys. I think you're right. I think I was looking at the top five, you know, even a Brayu in terms of F wars ahead. He's number three, but I would still take Matt Olson. I would take Matt Olson over Ty France. I, Luisa Rise is interesting because I mean the guy ha- has the least amount of strikeouts in baseball. Kyle Schwarber has more home runs than Luisa Rise has strikeouts. I mean, that's the real stat. Yeah, that's I mean crazy. Luisa Rise has just been the best contact hitter we've seen in our league in a very long time. So that's a reason I want to put him, but he doesn't play a lot of his games at first base. I mean, he does, but not, you know, every single game. He's not a first baseman, first baseman. So you'd put medals in there. Like he's earned it. I'm not, I'm not going to take him off. You're right on that. The next part of the question is the Max Freed debate. And when we were talking about win probability added, Max Freed was number two. That means something. Yeah. So I think it's just a discussion of, is he top five, not is he top 10, really? And when we're talking about left-handed starters, it's Shane McClanahan, then... Then Freed? Probably. I mean, yeah. Yeah. when it all comes down to it, Kershaw's still that fucking dude. Yeah. I think but, at, the, at this point, right, it's... I think he's a top 10 arm. Mm-hmm. Is, is, that, is, is that where you'd peg him? Top 10? So, I think McClanahan's better. I think yep. Sandy's better. Yep. I think Burns is better. I think Verlander is better. I think Wheeler is better. Is Garrett Cole better? I'm fine saying fuck no. I don't, I don't care. So. I don't think so at this juncture. I don't. I'm fine with that. I don't even care. Good. I don't think so at this juncture. I don't think so either. I think you're right. But like stuff wise and peripherals, like it's still so good. But like, it's good, dude, you're good about Max Freed. Max Freed doesn't have those blow up outings, man. He just doesn't. Yeah. Like that's that's an ace. It's an ace. Max Freed won a chip. You said I mean, Verlander, right? Yeah, I said Verlander. I mean, that's like he's top ten. So he's no doubt top ten. Top ten. I just think there's some other interesting names that I kind of want to go over here, like Manoa. Where do you put Manoa? Manoa. I, give me Freed over Manoa. Yeah. Give me Freed over Framber. Give me Freed over Gosman. Give me Freed over Bieber. Give me Freed over Logan Webb. Yep. Um, who else? I would take Freed over Cease. A healthy Walker Bueller. That's like the exact rank where I think he is. Yep. Which like is top seven. 10. Yeah. So he's a top 10 pitcher in this game. Yeah, he is. And- he's better than Arias. Which is crazy. Urias has kind of taken a step back this year. Um, he's, got, he's ninth in ERA, dude. I know, which is crazy. But know, he's like but kind of taking a step back. I know. He's going to be 257. He's been good. Um, I, just, I was expecting him to be like Max Fried this year. I know. Um, the Braves rotation, man, if Ian Anderson can figure it out, it's going to be good for a long time. Like that's a dark horse answer for our, our older question because Max Fried is is getting better with age uh, as he gets closer to 30 years old, continues to get better. Spencer Strider is only going to get better and already is fantastic. Kyle Wright has proven to be a pretty darn good three. Uh, Morton obviously won't be pitching in three years and Anderson. You'd hope would figure it out in three years, but they've also got some other, you know, interesting pitching prospects as well. Um, the Braves are going to be good for a long time, man. Yeah, they will be kind of just to wrap up these mold, this question here. 
the Mets to me have that like peak value of where they could win a World Series in the next three years. But like, what are the Mets going to look like in three in three or four years? Scherzer is going to be retired. Degrom will either be gone or slowed down. You're not going to have Starling Marte. You know, there's going to be some other integral pieces that are gone. Marcano will be gone. Who knows what they'll do with Nemo? I could see the Braves just running the division for the next decade. After maybe maybe next year could be the Mets again, but after that, I could see the Braves doing what they did with Bobby Cox. At the same time, though, the Braves don't have one thing that the Mets have: a thirteen billion dollar wallet. That's 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 facts. Yeah. So it's like we're you know we're looking at the Mets, thinking yes, they're playing to win right now, but they're going to continue to play to win right now, and that that's why you got Stevie Cohen and his big bucks facing off against a potential dynasty of and young guys who are already wrapped up in terms of contract value. I mean, it's just going to be a blast. And then the Phillies, you know, I mean, with the Phillies being able to keep a lot of their young prospects too, you know, they're kind I of mean, playing Harper's to win right not now going anywhere. He's no, going to be good for exactly. a long time. Castellanos, I still believe in Schwarber. Like th- those guys are still going to be good for three more years. Like that, it, Bohm looks like a piece all of a sudden again. And then Mick Abel, Andy Painter, I they've got some good pieces too. Nola's still young. Like Wheeler is older, but he'll still be good for a few years. The NL East is going to be a problem. And the Marlins have Charles LeBlanc. Charles LeBlanc is nasty. He is have you seen what this guy's doing? Yes, I have. <laughs> and Marlins it's funny. fans. Are like acting like this is the biggest thing in the world. Like, Ryan Lavarnway, who we had on the podcast, he was talking about guys' prospects to look out to. His first hitter was Charles LeBlanc. Did he really say that? Yes. He was like, watch out for this guy. He can really swing it. Immediately calls up, sent me a DM, be like, did you see Charles LeBlanc? And I'm like, I missed that. Oh, yeah, I saw Charles LeBlanc. He's been crazy. Well, you know what the funniest part is about that to, to wrap up? Um, people were hounding Craig Mish. Um, you know, which, who's going to be on the show, I think, in the coming weeks, because uh, I want to I just want to get his thoughts on like all of the deadline reports and everything. But um, they were asking him, hey, you know, why aren't the Marlins calling up Charles LeBlanc? Like, why aren't they calling him up? Why aren't they calling him up? Like they're starting Williams Astudio out there. Why won't they call <laughs> up Charles LeBlanc, who's hitting like 350 in AAA? And he literally kept digging. He finally reached out, like reached out to his contacts. And he said, the Marlins don't believe in Charles LeBlanc. That was when I realized he was going to be good and he could be pretty decent. Um, and look at what he's doing, man. Like he's, he's already got a 0.4 F4, which is better than a lot of guys that have seen a lot of plate appearances for the Marlins. Um, yeah. He's been a breath of fresh air for them. I'll say that. And that'll do it for this episode of the Just Baseball Show. Use code PRIZEPICKS in order to get a full match on your deposit. Join our chalkboard group chat. That's in our episode link description as well. Go check out Arms Podcast, the call-up for all of your prospect needs. Continue. Hey, he's breaking down. The Top 100 update is coming out soon. And um, and also Jack joins him too. So if you guys want to hear them talk more deeply about the minor leagues and prospects, I also host a podcast called Not Gambling Advice and will be best bets five days a week, as well as you can read my full article on justbaseball.com. And we're almost at 500 five-star reviews Arm, I saw on Spotify. Wow. Anyone listening on Spotify can get us up there. We would greatly appreciate it. Hopefully you guys have been enjoying all the content. The reason we do it is for you guys. Everything's free. You don't got to pay for anything. All we ask is for your love and support and you've given it to us so far. Thank you guys so much. Anything else before we say goodbye? I was going to say we uh if there is one thing if you if you do want to support just baseball, uh we have some new merch dropping. Um 
which I've never thought I'd actually say that phrase, uh, but it's really, it's just a dope long sleeve tee. getting good reviews on it. I've, I've given some to a, a couple, you know, any players that go on the podcast, we'll give them some long sleeve athletic tees. We've been getting some, some asks for athletic long sleeve tees. They're fire and they're hitting the store. I think by the time you're listening to this. So keep an eye out on the just baseball store on our website. Uh, I think we're also going to blast it out on our Twitter, but there's some new hats, uh, some fire long sleeve tees. And uh, that's a great way to rep JB and also help us out and support us. If you, if you enjoy that. And with that, thank you everybody. 